episode by episode podcast where we cover the television show Supernatural. I am your host Dan and with me as always is his wife Penny. So today I want to try a little something different. Uh, lately I've been kind of going through the show, um, the roadmap, and you've been adding color commentary. How about today if you walk us through it and I'll add the color. Sound good? I will certainly try that, but I have to admit I'm not as good at it as you are. So if I if I see, you hear me stumble, just throw yourself right in there. Bail me out. <laughs> well, I haven't been so good at it lately either, <laughs> I feel. And uh, we end up just kind of repeating ourselves. So let's try something new. Okay. Who knows? Maybe the listeners have always been like, let that lady talk. <laughs> Could be. For all I know, they're angry. Uh, no, no, Nala wants to talk. Nala's giving us a hard time right here. Oh, now Nala's on me. She always snuggles up to the color guy. <laughs> so this is episode 19, Prominence. Provenance. Provenance. That's what I said. Prom- you said prominence like it was prominent. Like I didn't mean for my lips to plop. <laughs> Provenance. And in case anyone is wondering what that means, it's used for like old paintings and things like that. It is a place of origin or earliest known history of an item. Okay, so so every previous episode, what they are fighting is right in the title. So I'm assuming they're fighting paperwork this time. And you would be wrong. It's amazing how wrong you are. Man, episode 19, and uh, they throw me a (laughs) curveball. I was like, oh, this stack of papers, Sam and Dean's going to have to sort them. (laughs) They're going to do some filing. We know how much Dean hates paperwork. (laughs) All right, so why don't you get us started? All right, we have an opening scene. You see this scary-ass old portrait, and it's of a family, and they don't look I don't know. They look like something out of the Adams family, only worse. But well, any- they look very dour. That's yes. for sure. Yes, they do. Especially the the father in the in a portrait looks especially scary. Anyway, we see this young couple. They had just bought it at a charity auction, and they're commenting to themselves about how kind of creepy it was. But they decide, hey, this is great the charity auction, and so they kind of decide it's late at night. Let's go to bed. Um, and so the lady goes upstairs and the husband, he goes around, he locks all the doors, turns the alarms on, makes sure no one can come in and steal anything from him. And then they go back to the photo or the portrait and there was a razor blade on the table and it was missing, but he doesn't notice. He's busy locking up the house and heading upstairs because they're going to get jiggy with it. Wow. (laughs) Nice 20 year old saying. (laughs) Well, it's a 15-year-old episode, so why not? Okay. You know. <laughs> so we see the wife upstairs, and she's in bed, and she's getting all sexy, and she got candles going, and the candle mysteriously blows out, and we see the shadow coming through the door, and all of a sudden she screams. Well, no, she doesn't scream because the husband doesn't hear her. Otherwise, he would have ran up there because he, when he goes up the stairs... He's like calling her, hey, turn on the light. I can't see anything. What's going on? So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, okay. You're doing good. Yeah. So and what happens? So he goes up there. He's like, hmm, do you kind of smell something funny? And he turns on the light. And there's his wife in the bed covered in blood. And, of course, he's freaking out. He yells. And all of a sudden you hear, see him look up at something. And he starts screaming. Cut to commercial. So I wanted to step in here. You can smell blood in a room. Have you ever been in a very bloody room? 
I have to say, fortunately, I have not. But I'm imagining it smells like iron or something. Yeah. See, when you got bit by the dog that one night and you bled all over the living room and then ran for help at the neighbors, thank mm-hmm. God, you're fine. Don't, yes, I'm fine. So, so nobody th- freaked out. Um, yeah. It As soon as I stepped in, it smelled like rusty nails. It was really wild. How wow. A lot of blood stinks. So, yeah, if you... Walk into a room and all of a sudden it smells like a bucket of pennies. <laughs> uh, but yeah. that, that's copper, not iron. Well, metal. It's metal, yeah, metallic. metalish. Metalish, metallic for sure. So, anyway, yeah, we cut to commercial. And then we come back and Sam and Dean are at the bar, and naturally, Dean is getting a phone number from his hot chick. That's Dean's MO, apparently. Yeah, from uh, Brandy. Who names their kid Brandy? Only if you expect him to grow up to be a slut. <laughs> yeah, it's like a stripper name, right? I don't I know. I apologize to all the brandies out there that listen to us, but wow, that name really has a tang on it nowadays, I think. Well, there was that song, I can't remember who sang it back in the day, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. You know, that brandy oh, was cool. Yeah. Brandy, you know, so. That I mean, is a cool song. Yeah, and Brandy wasn't slutty. She wanted to marry this guy. Huh. But. His life and his love and his lady was a sea, so <laughs> poor Brandy you got... You just sung that song in your head to come up with those lyrics, <laughs> didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. So anyway, while he's doing that, Sam is reading a newspaper and sees a story about this couple in New York. That's where this couple is from that got killed. So he calls Dean over. And Dean's like, hey, you know, she's got a friend. Why don't we hook up? And Sam's like, really, dude? No. And so he talks to Dean about the story, and and um, Dean's like, oh, it doesn't really sound like our thing, but Sam's like, oh, but in Dad's journal, he'd been paying attention to something going on in upstate New York where every so often, they said in 1912, 1945, and I believe 1970, people had died the same way these people had. Locked doors, no signs of... Uh, forced entry, no prints, no nothing. But because they were so far apart in years, no one put a pattern to it, except for John Winchester. So Sam convinces Dean, yeah, they need to go check this out. Yeah, I mean, how much time does John have on his hands to go be researching the last hundred years of crime and try to tie them together? Obviously, the man has a lot of time on his hands. I'm not really sure. Pretty amazing. Yes, it is. So then they show uh, Sam and Dean at the house the next day. Dean's waiting in the car. When Sam comes out, Dean is sleeping, so naturally he has to honk the horn, scare the crap out of Dean and wake him up. Uh, He says, hey, he checked the house. No AMF, no sulfur, no nothing. So they're kind of stumped as to what's going on. Um, And Dean says, well, maybe it's something not to do with the people, but maybe some of their possessions are haunted. And Sam said, well, the house is clean. And Dean said, yes, you said that. And then Sam says, no, the house is clean. Everything is gone. So yeah, how, how soon before that were the people murdered? Because, boy, they really, the family really cleaned out their belongings fast. They did. Well, it had to be a while. I mean, because the murder happened. It was in the paper. Sam read the paper. I don't know where they were when they read the paper. Oh, so it could have been a couple of weeks. It could have been a couple of weeks by the time they finally drove there and got to the house. So, Mm-hmm. That, yeah, so anyway, they, um, the house was empty, nothing there. 
Um, and then we see, uh, they find out that the stuff is going to be sold at auction. I don't know how, did they mention how they found that out? I don't really remember. Um, was it in the newspaper? I don't know because They're I... like, hey, this family is murdered. If you want to buy their stuff, <laughs> head on down to Ed's auction house. Well, all we do know is that the next scene, they are at this auction house and they scan through the cars in the parking lot and they're all nice cars bentley's and stuff and what and i found a license plate the crip yes so we all know k-r-i-p and eric kripke is the showrunner he's the one that created this show so So, do you think that was his car i don't know if it was his car it's possible but uh yeah i don't think so because it had i mean i've spotted that eric kripke in the ending credits now, ever since it started, because of Kripke from Big Bang Theory. I think of Kripke from um, uh, Terminator. Kripke and Terminator? Well, because Kripke and Terminator? in Terminator, I think it was the third one, where Claire Danes recognizes John Connor, and she goes, oh, remember me, Kripke's Basement? I guess when they were kids, they made out in Kripke's Basement. Wow! That is a deep cut. <laughs> what? That's where you remember it? Terminator 3? The backstory about when they made out in a closet? Yeah, shortly before John and Sarah you know, disappeared. Kripke was on Big Bang Theory a lot more. I <laughs> was... Like I, a mildly reoccurring character. I'm sure he was. Was he the one that spoke with the... Quip- he had a really bad <laughs> lisp. Yeah, Quipkey. Quipkey, that's right. I remember that character now. But no, that's the way I remember it from. All right. And what's interesting is the fact that when Sam introduces him and Dean to the owner of the auction house, he says, hi, my name is Sam Connor. This is my brother, Dean. And now I thought it was Dan Connors meaning a Roseanne reference. No, he said Sam Connor. I know he said Sam, but I, I, f- I thought it was a Roseanne reference. No, I assumed it was a... Uh, reference to Terminator because even the auction goods do- the auction owner's daughter her name is Sarah Sarah Connor oh lord <laughs> all right oh just one thing though we skipped over we see uh, their car in the Impala out in the parking lot dirty the first time Dan has ever seen baby dirty they didn't pull it through a car wash while going I mean I guess not. They just wanted to investigate. I really thought that that car might possibly have magical powers, too. So that puts a arrow into that theory. Yeah. There's nothing supernatural about the Impala, unfortunately. Except for... Mm, I think there is still, but we'll find it. Well, I mean, its indestructibility is still... Yes, it's, it's legendary for how, you know, it's... It can be driven through farmhouses and not get a dent. Hey, at least it doesn't start on fire. We finally remember that, that show where we're talking about David Tennant, his car starting on fire, always playing ACDC songs. That's good omens. No, they always played Queen. Queen. No. Oh, yeah, they did always play Queen. That's yeah, right. Because any music that you put in his car eventually turns into Queen, which right. is the coolest story detail I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's true. Because Queen rules. But anyway uh so um but they the owner of the auction house realizes you know he checks his list sam and dean are not there from their own auction company they're not there to (coughs) buy anything ask them to leave so they do and his daughter sarah says boy dad that was rude 
The next time we see the boys, they're entering their hotel room, motel room, which is a very 70s disco theme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have been getting themed rooms lately, and I mean, this one was just over the top. That obviously, I think they're trying to call out, like, hey, look at the silly rooms these two are renting. Because <laughs> they're like, you know, they're make-out rooms. They're meant for sexy time. Yeah, usually I'm sure that's what those those type of motels, you know, rent out to people for. But, you know, Sam and Dean are brothers, so that's There's some good. amazing 70s uh, artifacts in that room, too. I, I quite enjoyed looking in the background at the 8-track player in particular. And did you notice the Do Not Disturb sign when they close the door? Yeah, it was black with silver lettering. I forget what, and it was like the chick, it was like the, it was... John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah, it was this pose and Saturday Night. Uh, oh, yeah, it was Saturday Night Fever pose. Fever. I yeah. thought it was, I guess for some reason in my memory, it was the lady sitting back naked that you see on uh, Mudflaps. I oh. thought it was the Mudflaps woman. No, 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 no. It was iconic John Travolta pose. All right. What did, what did it say below it? Oh, just, I don't know, do not disturb. I, I don't know. It said do not disturb, but then there was like another line. Uh, hard to say. It's really hard to say. We could go back and watch this dumb episode for a fourth time. <laughs> oh, I watched it again because of IMDb said something about it that I couldn't find in it. But anyway, if you we'll can. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so, Sam decides that they want more information on this um, portrait. And so he takes Sarah out to dinner. No, they go back. Oh, yes, 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 yes. They do go to dinner. Um, and it looks like it's a swank restaurant, and Sam gets the menu and the wine list. He's looking through the wine list, and Sarah's like, I don't know about Romeo here, but I think I'll just have a beer. So she kind of puts Sam at ease, and he himself orders a beer. I hate this. I hate this trope in TVs. There's two things that drive me nuts. People, when they're done with the conversation on a telephone, they just hang up. They don't say goodbye. Right. <laughs> and the other thing is, Everyone that goes into a bar or restaurant, they just order a beer. And it's like, what beer? Like, if you went into a restaurant and said, I'll take a beer, then the next question is they're going to card you because you you're not ordering anything specific. The only show that, has, that doesn't do this is Cobra Kai. That he always orders Coors Banquets. So That's true. He actually orders a specific beer. Why don't other shows do that? I don't know. I, I know I did see another show. Um, can't remember if it was the one I'm currently watching or anything. But a woman goes in, orders a beer, and the, the bartender did say, what do you want? And she says, whatever you have on tap. So, Yeah, that would be just, you could just say light draft. or and right. You could still use generic terms to try to steer them down a direction, but... Yeah, when what's you say your a beer? There's a lot of different beers out there. I'd just be if I was the waiter, I'd just be bringing them back warm Guinnesses. <laughs> Here you go. I mean, Maybe. yeah, you could say you're your best-selling draft, and that way you wouldn't have to name just, a brand or anything like that. Yeah, local craft house. You know, they could do anything other than just a beer. All right, go on. So then they get bit. Um, then they show Sam again. He's back at the hotel with. Dean. Um, he has the provenances. Sarah gave them to him. Um, and they discover that every new owner that has had that portrait has ended up dead. 1912, it was the actual family that was in the portrait. The 1945 was the next family that bought 
them uh, or bought it in the 1970, but after 1970, it was put in storage, which is why then there were no murders until now because it was just recently taken out of storage and sold at that auction house. Yeah, there's another conversation that happens here too, and it's Dean yet prodding Sam to have sex with this girl. He's all over him in this episode, and it is like, dude, chill out. Yeah, Dean's pretty much like, <laughs> and even Sam goes, why are you trying to pit me out to Sarah? You know, what's up here? It's kind of annoying for me watching. Well, Dean means maybe he wouldn't be so crabby if he got laid once in a while, so I don't know. That's good advice. <laughs> Just like avoid the clap. But anyway, uh, let's see. So they figure something with a portrait, that's what's killing people. Um, so they break into the auction house. They cut out the, the portrait from the frame. They take it out and burn it, but as they're showing Sam and Dean burning it, the portrait reappears in the frame. Yeah, that's pretty cool, I thought. That, su that surprised me. So at this point, Dan and I are thinking, well, maybe it's the frame itself that's possessed or haunted, and that's why it could just bring the, the portrait back and not the actual portrait itself. Um. So yeah, then we cut to Sam and Dean. It's the next day. They're getting ready to, to leave town. Dean, he can't find his wallet. He says, oh, I must have lost it at the auction house when we were in there last night. So I guess we got to go back and find it. So that's what they do. Um, yeah, they go back. Well, they go back there and then they see the painting is back intact. And well, actually what happens is Sam they starts freaking out. They go back there, and when Sarah comes down and says, hey, hi, guys, what are you doing back here? That's when Dean comes smugly forward. He's like, here's Sam. I have this $20 that I owe you. He didn't lose his wallet. That was just his clever ruse to get Sam back to talking with Sarah. Yeah. Get over it, Dean. Jesus. So then Dean goes outside to wait for him. He's like, you two crazy kids have fun. And then that's when Sam sees the portrait. He goes, he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, then he freaks out. He's all been really suave up until this point, and now he just freaks out and turns into a babbling ninny. Yeah. His entire demeanor changes. Yeah. He's just like, oh, my God. And she's like, what, you actually want that thing? Because she's still thinking that they're part of another auction house or whatever and actually might want to buy it. Yeah, I, th I think they said they were art dealers or something. Yes, that's what they did, you know, Connors, art dealers or whatever. And he's like, oh, God, no. Um, and he says, you know what? I'll have to give you a call back. Dean's right. We might be still staying in town for a while. Goes out and says, Dean, saw the portrait. Basically, holy crap, Batman. We burned it. What's going on? And Dean's like, well, Captain Obvious, of course we burned it. <laughs> so now they're trying to figure out what could be causing this portrait to be possessed or haunted or whatever um, let's see uh, da, 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 da. then i have oh yeah, yeah yeah then they go to a local library or something where because they want to get information on the family in the portrait so they talk to uh, a librarian or a historian or whatever um, find out that the family in the portrait allegedly the father killed the family and then killed himself he was a barber by trade and therefore used a straight razor here's the funny thing about sam and dean and running into these local historians 
newspapers and libraries and whatnot they're really good at like digging up obscure text from a hundred years ago i mean That's is it, com it was it computerized and he did a find on it or does this guy just know where to look and just flipped through every page of that newspaper for the last 50 years I'm assuming they probably got some information before because you write a lot of that stuff you can find on the internet now. So I'm sure that was um, because, well, first the guy asked if they were kind of crime buffs because of the fact that it was a, a murder-suicide type situation. And so they find out, hey, what happened to the bodies? And the guy says, well, they were all cremated. So now Sam and Dean are back to square one thinking, crap. Yeah, I guess if you were a librarian in a small town... What town was this? In, did they ever say? Uh, they did. It's uptown New York, some kind of smallish town in up, upstate, not uptown, upstate New York, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I guess if you came from a town of like 5,000 people and there was murders back in the day and you lived and worked in town for the last 30, 40 years, you probably would have caught wind on it and know where to look. All right. Right. Uh, let me see. I'm just reading my notes because you keep talking as you're reading. As, you. as far as I know, the next scene that happens is they box up the painting. It, the daughter promised it not to be sold. Right. Oh, I did forget one thing. When they were at the library, the gentleman had a picture of the family, or actually a picture, oh, yes, yes, a yes, picture of the original cool. portrait, and they noticed that it doesn't look the same as the portrait at the auction house. So they asked for a copy of that picture. And yep. Okay, now go ahead. No, you go. Um, and what they noticed was in the original picture, the father was looking straight forward, but any time they've seen it, he's kind of looking down at something. Um, so they are assuming right then and there, you know, hey, he killed his family. He must be the one haunting the portrait and killing all these other people who buy it. And then we go back to the auction house because... Sarah's father, after he, she asked him not to sell it, sells the portrait anyway because he can get lots of money out of it. She thinks it's really sad because of the fact that the family that purchased it from them before ended up dead. But you know, he says, hey, we're getting lots of money for it. So I guess to him, money is more important than anything else. And then this is the small, another small detail I caught. They were boxing it up, and they had the symbols for don't get wet, fragile, and this end up, and they're all facing the wrong direction. <laughs> None of that stuff was facing upwards. Right. It was all facing to the side. And yes, that was something that should have been. How obvious. Like, just what were they doing? Why didn't they just sand that off or put a sticker over it and paint on new details or, or just turn the box the right way? I have no idea. I have no idea why they did that. Silly. I don't know. So anyway, we cut to the new owner, and she was sitting at her fireplace where the portrait is hung. She's reading a book. Um, she puts the book down. You kind of hear some noise. Don't really know what it is. All of a sudden, in the reflection of her glasses, you see the straight razor kind of floating. And then all of a sudden, she looks up, screams. Sure enough, cut to commercial she, because she is now dead. And still, we're all assuming it's the father. Yeah, way to foreshadow the end there. <laughs> Sorry, TMI. Sorry about that. Uh, and so um, because of the fact that they couldn't get her, what I'm trying to say, 
Um, Sam and Dean. For some reason, Sam calls Sarah again, asking about the portrait because of the fact that they can't figure out who, who's doing the killing. And that's when Sarah informs Sam that, oh, Dad sold it. Sam wants an address so they can go and find out, you know, make sure this person is safe. Yeah, Sammy, like, goes nuts. He's like, oh, my God, where is it? Give me an address. We got to go. Yeah. This freaks the hell out of Sarah. So they, they go, and Sarah's there, and they break into the house, and they see this woman sitting in her chair. and Well, they have to explain. Well, they start explaining the killings, because she goes, who's killing these people? Sam replies, what? And then Sarah goes, what? And then Sam replies, who? No, he doesn't. Yes! No, he doesn't. He says, what is killing these people? It's not who's killing these people. It's what is killing these people. But she asked who. She asked who's killing it, and then he replied what. Mm-hmm. And then there was a what? Yeah, she who? said what. And, and then there was another who. I thought this whole thing was turning into a Jeff Doubter bit where you just keep asking who, what, when, where, why, and then ask for specific details. Okay, now what happened is she says, who's killing? Sam goes, what? What? And so she's like, what? Then Sam says, not who is killing these people, what is killing these people? Mm. It felt like the beginning of a gag. Who's on first? I love that gag, too. I hate that gag. Come on. So, anyway. uh, So, yeah, they go find her dead. Actually, no, I have on my notes that... Find who dead? Eleanor, (laughs) the woman who purchased... Or Evelyn, the the woman who purchased the portrait. Now is where they have the ca- conversation of who or what is killing these people. Who? Anyway, to try and convince her, Sam says, you know, you saw that portrait move when we were there, so you know something's up. And she's like, no, I don't know what I saw. Might have been my imagination. What? You take over. <laughs> Take over. Oh, come on. You're doing a great job. Take over. I'm out of notes, though. (laughs) That was the end of my notes. Oh, you're a sucky note taker. Anyway, so they say what they're going to do then is go back to Evelyn's house and get this portrait and somehow destroy it. And Sam tells Sarah to stay with or stay back. And she's like, nope, I'm going with. And when she leaves, Sam, or Dean says, Sam, marry that girl, you know, because she wasn't afraid of, of um, going and finding this portrait. So they go and they break into the house again. But they notice there's another thing that changed in the portrait. There's actually a portrait behind the family when they're taken, when they had their portrait done. And that had changed. That was now showing a mausoleum with the name Merchant on it, who is the original family in the portrait. So they're thinking somehow someone is giving them a clue to find out, you know, what's going on or what they can do to Yeah, stop. obviously it's a link somehow. So they, they find this mausoleum eventually, and Dean notices that there are only four urns. And now, two- wait, before that, I thought it was weird that Dean said, we've been to three boneyards, hopefully it's here. Wouldn't they have known from all these records and everything that they had before which cemetery they were buried in? How did they go to the th- three wrong ones first? Yeah, that's a good question, too. Uh, obviously, once they saw that mausoleum in the photo, they just didn't even bother doing any more research. They just went to the first cemetery that they found. But they yeah. just started cruising cemeteries all yeah. day. Yeah. 
So yes, he did make that comment. Um, they find that mausoleum there at said Merchant. They break into it. Sure enough, there are only four urns and not five. So they find out that because the surviving members of the Merchant family were so embarrassed, they kind of turned Isaiah's body over to the county. So they came a pauper's funeral. Um, and so Sam and Dean are like, hey, we've got bones to find and burn. This should take care of the situation. So sure enough, they dig up his grave, salt and burn. Well, I like Sarah's comment there. She goes, you guys seem very comfortable with a very uncomfortable situation here. And yeah, like, you guys This isn't the first grave we've ever dug up. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're comfortably, you're uncomfortably comfortable with this. Sam does make mention, this isn't the first grave we've dug up. You still think I'm a catch? <laughs> So anyway, so now they think, hey, we've salted burn the bones. Now we're finally safe. So they go back again to Evelyn or Eleanor's house. I forget the lady's name. This time what they're going to do is they're going to take the portrait. They're going to bury it, burn it, whatever, just so there's no chance of anything ever happening again. So Sam and Sarah go in the house. Dean stays out in the car. And they get in there, and they notice the razor blade and a little girl is missing from the portrait. And then they put two and two together that, oh, the father was always looking down at the little girl in the portrait, so his spirit was somehow trying to warn others that it was the little girl doing all this killing. It would have been funnier, though, if that portrait would have just pointed a finger right at her <laughs> back of her head. It's her! <laughs> Yeah. Like yeah. graffitied in the background. It's her. And She's paint the killer. <laughs> Neon. Yeah, with just arrows pointing all around <laughs> in the picture. At her face. Well, pretty soon the front door slams and the wind picks up. And, oh, the little girl's out for blood. But the little girl, she was cremated. How could that be? Well, because... There is this creepy little doll at the mausoleum. It was her favorite toy, I guess. Back in the day, that's what they used to do when a child was killed or died. They would excuse me, preserve the, the child's favorite toy, and this doll was it. And the doll had her own hair. Right. Yeah, Sarah, they're trying to figure out how could she still be, she was cremated. And Sarah mentions, oh, the doll, my father and I used to auction off these dolls. Sometimes they would use the girl's real hair. So they, since Dean is still locked out of the house, they tell him. So he gets in the car, gets into the mausoleum, starts the, you know, breaks the dial out of the case, burns it. Yeah, a big stinky pile of hair smoke. Oh, that must have smelled like. Uh, oh, it flips my stomach just thinking about it. He should have stood outside, not been in that little room. Yeah, it was. I, that's like they're like, oh, the smell of burnt hair just is is nah. the worst. Yes, it it smells is. like burning candles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always notice that candle flame smells like burnt hair. Go figure that out. <laughs> I don't know. So they're all safe. Everyone gets out. It's the next day at the auction house. Um, Sam and Dean are saying bye to Sarah. They notice that the portrait is being boxed up yet again. And Sarah tells the guys who are back up, take it out back and burn it. She had had enough of those shenanigans with that portrait. She didn't want anything to do with it either. Yeah, so when they went and salted and burned the old man's bones in the painting, 
then they smited his spirit away too then yes so Boy, then it sucks he for him he wasn't doing anything except trying to warn folks that's true but the fact is at that time they thought he was the one doing the killings they didn't mm. realize that he was saying sucks for him he could have hung out in a painting forever and no he, then he would have gone eventually you'll find out this in future episodes eventually spirits that are on the earth too long eventually go nuts become vengeful and they end up killing too so they oh. kind of killed two birds with one stone on this one gotcha so yeah, uh, then Sam tells Sarah goodbye. Dean tells her goodbye. Dean goes out of the car. Yeah, there's this whole conversation about, you know, I've lost too many people. I get hurt. I can't go through it again. She seems to understand. They start walking away, but then he goes back, knocks on the door, and they start making out like two teenagers. <laughs> and then Dean just like smiles, gives a Gives a thumb up, and I think he cranks the music and does a donut in the parking lot. <laughs> he does it, but he was definitely happy. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one thing I noticed too in this um, episode when What's they that? when they first broke into the auction house to get the portrait, they were actually wearing gloves. Now, if you're a fan of this show, you notice that Sam and Dean, fingerprints be damned, the fact that they're both wanted felons. They leave fingerprints everywhere. This is honestly the first time, and I believe possibly the last time, I've seen him break into a place actually wearing gloves. Well, we saw him rubbing a railing down before to get rid of fingerprints. Yes, we yeah, did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we they did. They never just throw on a pair of rubber gloves. It seems like it'd be easy. Yeah, you definitely, but nope. Leaving fingerprints all over God's creation. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. did you like this episode? I did because it got more into um, what they're out to do. They're out to hunt spirits, you know. Yeah, there's no John backstory. You know, the only only part of the John backstory is the one that he was the one that originally noticed the patterns of killing that were several years apart. But yeah, there are otherwise. Um, and the only mention of Jess and, and Mary were the fact that Sam felt he was cursed and didn't want Sarah to get hurt. So that's part of the reason why he didn't want to get involved with her. Part of it was... Um, I think loyalty to Jess, but Dean talked to him and said, you know, Jess would want you to be happy. She would want you to move on. And, and Sam's like, yeah, you're right. She would. She wouldn't want me to be like this forever. Well, it's weird then. He, he says, yeah, she would. I know she would. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what conversation did they have in the past? Well, you never know. I mean, they could have had a car. Hey, if anything happens to me, I want you to move on. I want you to be happy. I don't know. All right. So anything else besides the license plate? Um, anything else? No, but here's the thing. We mentioned it earlier. On IMDb, you found that it said that actually they use the real names in a scene. Right. According to IMDb, there's one scene where Jared and Jensen are looking at the portrait, and Jensen, who is Dean, instead of saying Sam, says, hey, Jared. And so after Dan and I watched this, I went through it again, and there was only one time when they were standing in front of the portrait that they said each other's names, and Dean said Sam. Now, the fact is that the camera was on Sam, so I couldn't read Dean's lips to say maybe he said Jared, and they re-edited over it with Sam. I don't know. But any other time they're sitting in front of the painting, they're just talking about how creepy it was. Not once did they say each other's names. 
Yeah, I, I, I said maybe on the original broadcast, and then they caught it for reruns, so then they cleaned it up. I don't know if they do that or not. Yes, I don't know either. Either that or IMDb is just full of crap, and people are posting in nonsense. <laughs> that could be. But it did mention that at a, at a Comic-Con convention, Jensen did admit that, yeah, he, he said Jared instead of Sam. Um, no one in editing caught it, so it went out on the final final cut. When the episode was aired. Well, it's fixed now. Yes, it is fixed now because I specifically watched the whole thing again, made sure I played really, paid really close attention when Sam and Dean were in front of that portrait. I didn't hear him say, Jensen, say Jared. All right, so you're a believer in evil spirits. Uh, can an evil spirit inhabit a, a oil painting and come out of it? Yes, I do believe so. So there'd be a, like a little oil figure wandering around well no um i don't know how exactly that would work but i since i do believe in evil spirits and yes they can wreak havoc amongst the living um i don't know how that would work though you think it's stuck to like bones and whatnot like it is in the show no because evil spirits to me they're not ghosts i don't believe in ghosts i think when you're dead you're dead oh that's it so the evil spirits I'm talking about are demons and things like that. So no, I mean, salting and burning bones wouldn't do anything if a. Oh, by the way, we should really tell the finale of this. The whole it was the girl. Come to find out, the girl was adopted, and she murdered the whole family, and pin and it got pinned on the dad. That that's not really what happened. You know what they thought had happened wasn't really. Like, she was just a little psycho girl. Right. And the reason she was adopted is because... She murdered her last family. She murdered her real family. Well, she came from a murder... Her parents were murdered. Right, (laughs) right. Nobody ever figured out she did it. So, yeah. So, obviously, you know, Sam says some people are just born bad, and if they're bad in life, their spirits come back, and they're evil, too. So, I guess that's it. Wild. No, I really... I liked this episode. Um, Too bad I didn't go into more of the John stuff. But it was good um, when they burnt the painting and then the painting reappeared in the frame. It was nice to have a twist. I mean, once they went to the crypt and then it, the doll was pointed out, then I I pretty much, I paused it on you and I said, we figured this out, right? Like they, that's the thing about this show is they don't throw in too many red herrings uh, to have you guess on which one it is. It's kind of like once the doll was explained, you know, like, oh, that's a creepy old doll. Like, okay, well, the doll's doing it because the dad in the painting's looking down at the girl holding a doll. I'm like, well. Right, but at at that point, yeah, we noticed uh, Sarah mentioned that's a creepy old doll and everything. And that's when Sam said, well, that's back in the day what they used to do when a child died. Yeah, right then I knew that that was the evil spirit. Did you? Or do you think it was still something else? No, when I first watched it, no, I didn't because of the fact that I didn't know that the girl's real hair was used to make the doll. I had at that point assumed, too, it was the father. That's why his body wasn't there. That's why they had to go find and salt and burn his bones. See, I was kind of thinking, I didn't realize that the girl was a psycho. Right. I knew the doll was involved, but I thought it was a haunted doll that then got painted and turned it into a haunted painting. That's kind of what I was thinking, is that the haunting moved on from one physical object to the next. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, I didn't. When I first watched this, I did not think that all the time. I thought... That father was truly evil. Yeah, come to find out. He and then if you go back and look, they never show the father slitting the throats of these people at the beginning. No, they never show anyone. They just show a shadow. But you kind of believe it because the father is just standing there like, 
uh, oh, the butler on Adam's family, Lurch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just standing there like Lurch, and he keeps looking around and stuff. Like, right, right. Dude, you're painting. Hold still. Ain't <laughs> 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 <Think> right. <laughs> that painting's got the devil in it. Um. Anything else? No, that's about it. So how'd you enjoy your first time here driving the ship? Um, I don't like it as being the co-pilot, I'll be honest with you. Uh, well. We'll see. We'll, we'll, I'll keep trying. I will try to keep doing this. And Well, if you absolutely loved Penny's retelling of this episode, please check in over at our Facebook group, Armchair Hunters. And you can also find us at our website, coupleofidgets.com. And if you don't know how to spell idgets, you'll probably pick one of the right ways that you can find <laughs> it at. Because Lord knows I did when I was setting it up. Or if you're a fan of the show, you know where that saying comes from and you know how to spell it. Well, yeah, that's just the thing is we're going to have to get to an episode or eventually hear this. And then, I don't know, maybe we'll have like, we'll put confetti on the website or something <laughs> to celebrate it. Um so find us at uh, the website, come to our Facebook group, of course, tune in Spotify, iTunes, blah, 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 blah. I can't really think of anything else. No, well, just, uh, the next episode is episode 20, and it's entitled Dead Man's Blood. Great. They're going to be at a blood bank fighting body, blood bags, body bags. I screwed that joke up. <laughs> yeah, the Providence on here. All it really, it was a clue. They didn't have to fight paperwork. No, Providence, not Providence. You keep saying Providence. Like it. I do not. Yes, I said, said Providence. Providence. Oh, we'll go back and listen. Oh, but my any, gosh. But anyway, yes, and now we know what that is. But no, luckily Sam and Dean did not have to fight any paperwork. Thank God for that. Oh, before we sign off here really quick, um, there's an episode, every show has an episode where they go super low budget to save on um, budget money for bigger and better episodes. Uh, the biggest classic or the, like the most well-known one probably in the last 20 years is on Breaking Bad. There is a whole one hour episode that entails Walter White fighting a fly. That's it. Does yes. that ever happen in Supernatural? Is there an episode where it's just they never leave a room? They all just stare at each other? No. And fight ghosts or something? No. You know, I got to tell you, this seemed pretty big budget, other than they didn't have money for a car wash this time. But <laughs> I am impressed by the number of sets that they get, um, all the background actors that are involved. Like, this show really had some money behind it in its very first year. Yes, Yes, and it's surprising because, like we mentioned before, it was on the WB before... Um, it became the CW. It became, didn't they, weren't they purchased by Paramount, and that's why it became the CW? Something like that. I don't really remember, but anyway. Yeah, back in the day, there was the Paramount Network and the CW. Or WB. And I think no, they... yeah, WB and Paramount, and then they got together and became CW. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. But yes, I, I am surprised also that they had... The budget they had for the different yeah because i think of shows back then they were just like three camera sitcom bullcrap shows yeah gilmore girls that's true gilmore girls but gilmore girls though they had like a set you know they had a town right they that yeah they, they were always in right and this show they're going to new locations all the time so right i mean 
Vancouver, British Columbia must just be sick of seeing these guys driving around <laughs> filming. Well, not only them, but like you said before, look at how many CW shows are. Well, a lot of shows, just not CW shows, but a lot of shows are filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. So. Yeah, it seems like Vancouver. Yes, yes. Nito Bandito. We watch the next episode. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, we will. Everyone have a great day. Bye. Bye.